Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing song for the dreaming of the world That we may dream as one With every voice, with every song We will move this world along My guest for today's Spirit in Action program is Tom Nielsen. I like to think of Tom as a rebel with a cause. A minstrel who travels and sings in service to the many causes and concerns that are his passion. This past summer he was doing a musical road tour from his home in Massachusetts over to the Midwest, with his westernmost destination being River Falls, Wisconsin, where he joined me and an audience from the Friends General Conference Quaker Gathering to share a musical rendition of the work and causes which he's put into song. We all met at the River Falls Methodist Church for an afternoon of good music and witness the first week in July. Welcome, Tom, to Spirit in Action. Thank you, Mark. You came a long way. You've been doing a little tour all the way out to the Midwest from the east where you live. Tell me about your tour, where it's taking you, what you're doing. I left Massachusetts 14th of June, I think it was to Buffalo. I was going to cross Canada to get to my Detroit show, but did not get into Canada, so went south through Ohio, picked up a show there, then went up to Detroit from the south and down to Fort Wayne, then to Chicago, down to Carbondale, St. Louis, Madison, here. Are you worn out yet? I like the traveling. Plus, I get taken very good care of wherever I land. You kind of soft-souled. I think you're not going through Canada. You tried to get through... Does this have something to do with this T-shirt that you're wearing that uh, they wouldn't let you through on the border? Well, they were a little concerned about my bumper stickers and then my cargo, and we're going to send my truck to the warehouse, wherever that was. No, wait, no. When you say cargo, you better spell out what about your cargo. This isn't oh, your yard. You can find it on the table in the back, my CDs and my T-shirts. A little bit too questionable. And I also think they brought me up on the computer because... They had already done their cursory exam and then looked at the bumper stickers and then went back to the computer and then he came back and his attitude had changed a bit on me and and said, you're going to have to go to the warehouse, at which time they already had my passport. It had been about two hours at that time trying to get across and I said, you know, I think I'll just go back to the States. And he said, you can't do that. We have your identification, which they had because they had taken my passport and tubed it over to customs. So going over to customs, and then it was a little bit more song and dance, and he said that they were going to go through my truck, and I didn't need that harassment, and that mm-hmm. they were going to itemize every CD and what the T-shirt said and how many of each size and what kind. I mean, it was... And it wasn't because they wanted to get into the marketing aspect, did they? Well, I'm not sure. They may have already had orders for them. That okay. could be. It could have been. 
Do you actually have a criminal record? I'm not a felon, you know, like what you might find in the administration that's running this country at the moment. Um, <laughs> but I, I do have a record, yes. Do you want to mention anything spectacular you've been no, arrested for? No, there's nothing for? spectacular. I mean, lots of times I was, I've been arrested just not even trying to be arrested. In Mexico once during Operation Intercept, was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm arrested hitchhiking, and then there's the civil disobedience. Have you done civil disobedience multiple times? Yeah, but I have not been arrested multiple times. Oh, really? And, yeah. Your music, how long have you been doing it? Well, I've been performing since I was three. I started writing in college at 17. What's the first song you wrote? Or do you care to say it? Oh, no, it was a love song. In college, I used to be asked by the freshman guys and sophomore guys in the dorm to go serenade their sweeties under their dorm window. So I would write these songs for them and then go serenade under the second and third floors. You know, And mm-hmm. that was my start with guitar playing in the folk business. And the first song was called Janet for a woman obviously named Janet. But that's not what we're going to have you start off with. Let's have you do a song from home. Uh, Where did you come from? Where would you grow up? Well, I grew up milking cows in upstate New York, Otsego County, back when everybody had cows. There were more cows than people. Still are in Wisconsin. It's nice having come through Ohio. It was really nice to see all the farms, although dairies are, the money is not in milk anymore. But there's a lot of farmland under cultivation, and in where I grew up, the barns are falling down. The land has gone to weeds and telephone poles and highways and pavement. So I did write a song about that, actually. And it's called? Four-lane highways and mobile homes. Would you mind doing it for the audience here? You all want them to do it? Okay. I think we're ready. We didn't have much bottom land. As, as I drive through the Midwest, if we had a fraction of what is out here that is cultivable, a lot of us would have made it because our half-heart milk check went to the petrochemical companies every month to get grain to supplement our food supply because we just couldn't grow it. We didn't have the land. We bailed on hills with angles, you know, like this. So most of our land was woodlot and pasture that was too rocky or too hilly to uh, cultivate. And that's where the cows would be. And around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, all these border collies all up and down the valley would start heading out and barking for their cows. And the farmers would be yelling their own kibosh. Each farmer would have his or her kibosh that the cows would respond to. So that, that was part of the inspiration for the song. But when I wrote it was when a farmer to the north had a stroke. And what everyone had to do was to leave the farm. They still kept farming but they had to get jobs out of the farm to make it pay. An eight-hour job plus the driving to and from. Sometimes farmers working first shift, second shift, third shift, did their farming when they were home. They slept when they could, and they all died much sooner than they would otherwise have had to. But this is called Four-Lane Highways and Mobile Homes. o'clock in the afternoon the border collies call Martin's on his John Deere Monty's yelling his caboss barn doors open up for Halsteins each one knows her place catch your tail with dried manure whisk across your face catch your tail with dried manure whisk across your face 
Music on the radio plays a country tune. And rhythm with the milking machines and sweeping with a broom. We put in hay till midnight so we could beat the rain. This farm is family, don't know no other name. This farm is family, don't know no other name. Then the government told us, get big or get out. But butts and nicks and got no clue what farming's all about. Wall Street brokers raised the interest rates to make some dough. Banker with our mortgages, counting what we owe. Banker with our mortgages, counting what we owe. I watch our fields go to four-lane highways and mobile homes. The kids don't see no future, and they're gone before they're grown. Can't imagine what the cost. How to measure what we've lost When our fields go to four-lane highways and mobile homes Go to four-lane highways and mobile homes We brought the bulk tank and the corporation truck One by one the creameries in all the towns dried up GLF, SO Station, and the General Store, and the DNH, all in freight, don't stop here anymore. DNH, all in freight, don't stop here anymore. I watch our fields go to four lane highways, mobile homes. The kids don't see no future, and they're gone before they're grown. Can't imagine what the cost, how to measure what we've lost. When our fields go to four-lane highways and mobile homes, go to four-lane highways and mobile homes. Lover's Lane, where we used to go, to take a dip or hanging out or watch a campfire's glow. There's posted signs in our face, don't these people know how to live in a place and not shut off the flow, don't let our fields go to four-lane highways and mobile homes. Parking lots and fast food spots and another banker's loan. Can't imagine what the cost, how to measure what we've lost. When our fields go to four-lane highways and mobile homes, go to four-lane highways. 
Late shift at the factory can run a farmer down. There's milking cows and growing crops is full time all around. Working hard to build a home is what these farming folk have known. Till you find them in the sand hill cemetery ground. Till you find them in the sand hill cemetery ground. Don't let our fields go to four lane highways and mobile homes. Shopping malls, can we stop the wall from taking what we own? Can't imagine what the cost, how to measure what we've lost. When our fields go to four lane highways and mobile homes, go to four lane highways and mobile homes. CDs, tapes, all that you have out there in the world? I have ten as a folky and in my youth uh, was a tenor soloist and I, I've done some classical solos on a couple of classical two or three, How three many, I think. did you have when you were back in the choir at church? Not, None. Not your experience, huh? No. no. We, I we, thought maybe you were a choir boy, I don't know. Oh no, I, 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 was, I was in the choir when I, I was never eight. We, I don't think we had any recording mechanism at all. You're dating yourself. I mean, we no recording mechanism. Back we uh, <laughs> didn't have uh, indoor plumbing. We had an outhouse behind the church and heated with wood year round. What kind of church was that? Little Methodist Church. So we're back to roots right here in the River Falls United Methodist Church. Where we're That's there. right. When I think of your music, I think of all of the causes that you've helped support and educate people on. I think you've been a force to help uplift the people who are working for the really important things that often get ignored in our country. I want to go right away to one of those songs, WMD. You also have a little bit of humor in you, I understand. Some people don't think so, but... (laughs) Tell me about WMD. There is a wonderful parodist who lives in Santa Cruz named Mark Levy, and there's actually three songs that we've collaborated on. He wrote the first verse, and I wrote the next three on this one. I do a lot of parody. I find parody is a great way to be playful and still get an important message out. And WMD, Do, Re, Mi, that was an easy one. Let's uh, mention where the music comes from, right? Well, from Woody. From Woody, Woody Guthrie, Guthrie, for those right. of you who... And the thing is, and that's important to say, because I'm finding that the hook to parody is that people know the original song. And I do a lot of show tunes, and I would think Do, Re, Mi is a classic you know, that everyone would, un- would know. But a lot of people... Are younger than us. And, <laughs> and, and musical comedy is leaving the culture. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I'll be 60 next year, we grew up with musical comedy. I was performing musical comedy. 
Anyway, the hook to a song is as soon as people hear the tune, and it's great for sing-along, then I love it when audiences sing. Okay, well, it must be time to do that, right? WMD? WMD. Lots of folks back east, they say, send your kid to Iraq today. Beat that hot, dusty way to the Baghdad borderline. Across the desert sands they'll roll Shooting up that old dust bowl Think they're heading to the Super Bowl But this is what they find The bath is at the port of Basra, say Just cause you invade Don't think we'll go away Oh, they ain't got the WMD, George They ain't got no WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq was the Garden of Eden A paradise for Adam and Eve And believe it or not You can search all you want But they ain't got no WMD If you want to go disarm, that can't do nobody harm. Take a vacation in the desert or the gulf. Eat some of those fries in France, just take off those army pants. Cause this war ain't gonna stop itself. And the coffins with the flags upon them say... That's number 2,000 killed today Oh, they ain't got the WMD, George They ain't got the WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq was a garden of Eden no place for our soldiers to be And like it or not You can lie all you want But they ain't got the WMD Now recruiters are not making quotas Saw one out in Minnesota Promising a high school senior He'd get 20k Good benefits Great career, never be in combat gear Just sign his name on that line today But no matter what recruiters say they'll do They just want cannon fodder out of you Oh, they ain't got the WMD, George They ain't got the WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq was the Garden of Eden No place for our soldiers to be And like it or not You can lie all you want But they ain't got no WMD Recruiters cruising in the hall Up my school they got some gall Acting like they're a friend of mine How they ever get my name That I got a soccer game I told them that his line was asinine 
Cause no matter what you hear recruiters say They just want you to sign your life away Oh, ain't got no WMD, George They ain't got the WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq is Garden of Eden No place for our soldiers to be And like it or not You can lie all you want But they ain't got no WMD And like it or not You can lie all you want But they ain't got the WMD Thanks, Tom. Thank you. You've got a son. How old is your son now? He'll be 16 the day after Harry Potter. <laughs> Which is Harry Potter's birthday is? Goodness, oh, my goodness. Culturally illiterate. Nobody knows? No, nobody. Well, see, there's a prize. Harry, Harry Potter's birthday? birthday. <laughs> no, Harry's birthday is July 31st, and Jacob's is August 1st, so he'll be 16. Jacob has been inspiration for a number of your songs, and right now I'm thinking of Root Beer. We just had lunch a little bit ago, and they're feeding us pretty well here mm-hmm. at the University of Wisconsin in River Falls, where the Friends General Conference gathering is being held. Do you like Root Beer? I do like Root Beer. I have passed that on to him, too. It's, are you saying this is nurture or nature that passes it on, oh, or do geez. you believe in evolution? Well, look at us. <laughs> So tell us about the song. I, did you want to do root beer? Oh, sure, since you've brought it up. But we need some. Can anybody hear burp? Come on, oh. Valerie? Valerie. Uh, oh, there's a couple burpers here. Let's hear it. Oh. oh. Well, Aaron, Aaron, I. Listen, this is participatory. <laughs> we were camping, and uh, I have a children's CD, one of the ten that are back there. Camping in southern Vermont, and Kayla, who was three years younger than Jacob, took a swig of root beer and burped and said, root beer makes me burp. And that's how songs get written. (laughs) After which, my son began to burp and burp and burp and burp. I mean, he just kept bringing them up and bringing them up. And I had been with this kid for 10 years and never knew that he was naturally gaseous. So (laughs) I can't do that. I do it when I don't want to burp, like in the middle of a song. That's when mine come up. But anyway, Jacob burps on the CD. I had some absolutely wonderful children to work with in recording that, and a wonderful engineer, too. Are you an only parent? He is with me, half-time. Half-time? And how do you manage that with the careers of, well, uh, your three careers or so that you're doing? Well, I have four jobs. I teach in two schools. I teach music. I teach Spanish. I coach basketball and, and do rec programs, and I work with people with HIV. But the teaching jobs are all fee for service. And I told them, I travel, I have long weekends, and I travel during school vacations and then half the summer. Sometimes Jacob goes with me. He roadies, like last summer he roadied for me in England and Ireland and Scotland. And the summer before that we went down the East Coast and across the Texas. But this summer he's got a couple jobs, driver's ed, and a girlfriend. So that's a couple full-time jobs, right, you know, And if he does it right. So he's there and he'll be with me when I get back till school starts. Well, I'd like to hear Root Beer Makes Me Burp. All right. So, 
Last summer my family went camping In August the weather was hot We sat by the fire in swimsuit attire A root beer on ice hit the spot I get Jacob must be really proud of having that song in his honor. Did, did you dig up the words for the song we were talking about earlier? The spoken word piece? Yes. Yeah, spoken I have word that. Piece. Give some background to what happened with Jacob in school, if you would, when he refused to do the pledge. It was the same year as the burping. It was before the burping, actually. He was in school after 9-11, and the teacher decided to teach the kids a national anthem history and so forth and then told them all to stand up and 
and sing it, they could, she put a flag up and they could put their hands over their hearts. And Jacob, he was in fifth grade, he wouldn't stand up. You know, he just didn't want to. And, and the uh, teacher told him he had to stand up. And he said, well, I don't want to. We could go on and on with the whole the longer version, but the short version is that she humiliated him and told him he had to, that it was respectful and the honorable, and he didn't give an attitude. He just sat there. He said, I don't want to, because he knew he had a right to stay in his seat. But then she employed the F word with him of fascism because she told his classmates that if he didn't stand up, everyone would lose their recess. And that's part and parcel how fascism works when you get the community or the public to enforce for authority or illegitimate authority. So he came home and and he had tears and he said, Daddy, go tell the principal what that law is that says I don't have to stand up. And I said, well, honey, I think you can do it because I never told you to sit down in the first place. I mean, you have come to this yourself. I mean, certainly I don't stand up and he knows that. But he thought about it and he told me after the fact, he said he, he really didn't know what he was going to do till he walked, what he was going to say until he walked into the principal's office. We went in early the next morning. He just walked in and said, I can't stand up as long as we have a war in Afghanistan. We're starving kids in Iraq. We have a boycott against Cuba. We're killing people all around the world, and the flag stands for war. And the principal didn't know quite what to do with that. And all Jacob wanted... I mean, we, uh, an elder, John Foster, if anybody here knows John, came from the meeting house, and there, and the meeting wrote a letter, and other, a couple other people in the community wrote letters. All he wanted was an apology, that he had done nothing wrong. An apology in front of the kids, his classmates, so that they knew he had done nothing wrong. But the principal wouldn't let it happen because she was afraid if other kids knew they had a First Amendment right to stay in their seats that other kids might not stand up. And that's pretty much verbatim what she said. And there was a lot of other stuff back and forth. Now, Kayla, who was seven, didn't stand up either. She was in second grade, but her teacher didn't say anything to her. About three weeks later, I asked her if they were still pledging allegiance, and she said, yeah, but half the class is sitting down. So it shows you what one kid can do or what one anyone can do because people are always watching us. And I think quite often we do more work just by following our convictions and what we believe because people are got their eye on us. I mean, we know some people always have their eye on us, which is where this comes from. If I can segue into this, I mean, if we want to get back. But last summer I was in the U.K., and I was invited to perform on July 4th when Britain has Independence from America Day <laughs> at, at the Menmouth Hill Spy Station, Spy Base, which is the largest U.S. spy base in the world. And you can't see from where you're sitting. Maybe you can. These, these things are called radomes. There may be... Jeez, I don't know, 80 feet high. They're like huge golf balls. There's 33 of them. It looks like something out of Star Wars. And they intercept. They have little antennas going out all around the golf ball. And they intercept all the telecommunications, electronic communication going on in the world. And two of them are designated for Star Wars. They call it the men with ball. And people dress up in gowns and tiaras and tuxes, some of them. And and some people don't wear sleeves on their T-shirts and, you know. And what's the song that we're leading up to here? Well, there is none. Okay. <laughs> okay. But there well, is a the spoken, spoken word. <laughs> there's the spoken word piece. Well, there's the Nike and there's the truth piece. I think we were talking about You want about Nike the truth. or truth, which is, uh, I'm, I'm asking the audience. Truth? All right. Truth or Nike? Okay. Okay. My son Jacob asked me when he was five, he said, Daddy, why do you say the radio lies? 
I said, a nation at war needs lies, you see, to feed the desire to kill enemy, to light patriot fires of unquestioning rage and incapacitate reason on the front page. Glorify every CIA sleuth, because you cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. Pearl Harbor wasn't a sneak attack. We know that from the FOI Act. We had long ago broken the Japanese code, but we needed the horror of bombs to explode. With thousands of sailors in a watery gray, panic runs high, easy to persuade, easy for Congress to set the stage, and the road to war lies will pave. Take Japanese homes and farms away so white businesses can seize the day. You cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. And the Twin Towers were not a sneak attack, but for Turkmenistan, gas, and oil in Iraq, we need a Pearl Harbor to get us off track. Why did the Air Force stand down in D.C.? Then send those pilots way out to sea, and why don't they mention that Euro money? And at the Pentagon, why was there no airplane debris? You cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. We knew in July 1945 that Japan had no military supply. They wanted peace to negotiate, but we wanted to bomb them before it's too late and send a message with a flash of light that nuclear weapons will use to fight immoral, barbaric, not very couth, but you cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. Now depleted uranium is nuclear war, just like Hiroshima and Nagasaki before. Destroy the village to save it once more. The reason to bomb Iraq, Afghanistan is to get every petrodollar, the plan, and radiate every child, woman, and man. Recruiters are lying to DU our youth. But you cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. Now, we were in the truck and listened to the radio the day that W said, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Jacob was six, I think, at the time. He goes, no, no, he was ten, of course, because this is after the incident with the flag. And he goes, Daddy, does that mean I'm a terrorist? And I said, well... I think so, honey. And he thought a moment and he said, Well, Daddy, you must be a terrorist too then. And I said, Yeah, I probably am. Then he turned his head back and he thought a moment and he goes, Daddy, the whole Quaker meeting's terrorist, aren't they? And I said, I believe they all are, every last one of them, honey. I enjoy his humor in the midst of something, not only was it devastating for him, but it became a very defining moment in his life because he really stood up straighter. The music teacher couldn't look him in the eye in school. That song is from your Fools No More CD. And the last one on that CD is called Ministry of Oil. That's right. I think we want to listen to that one, right? Is that the one you do on the keyboard? Yeah. That is. Why Ministry of Oil? The images that come up for me, it's a song that just hits, hit me in the gut when I heard it. 
And when I think of speaking truth to power with music, I think this song really, really does that. And it is amazing what news we have and what news we don't have, how selective reporting of the news influences our judgments so extremely, because I guess most of us heard about the looting. You all heard about the looting of all their artifacts, uh, mm-hmm. how that was completely unprotected. At one point I saw a map of what was protected and what wasn't protected, and it was very, very telling but that's not one that you see otherwise. But if you see the whole picture instead of just the little pieces of the picture, lights go on. The censorship comes in many, many different ways. But I left the States in 1970 during Vietnam, and I thought I was well-informed about the world, but I realized I, I knew hardly anything. I went to South America, and I began reading international news, and then always you know, getting U.S. news about places where I was living in and how distorted and how false and beginning to learn about global economy and what the U.S. was doing to food production around the world, how, how the U.S. controls it and that. Um, in Somalia, one of the classic examples, I was with the United Nations in Somalia back over 20 years ago, and there was a piece in a, in a U.S. newspaper that came across my desk that talked about the drought conditions in Somalia and it was so wet that year that it were, there was hardly a dry season between the two rainy seasons. But it was all part of, I don't want to take up a lot of time, this is my dissertation actually is, is about all this, a time when the U.S. is trying to dump our wheat surplus on other countries. It's a whole process of, of import substitution, taste acquisition, so we can control people's food supply so that they are dependent on us sending food to them and they grow food for export to us in Europe and elsewhere. It's not a new policy. It's been going on for a long, 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 long time. Let's play Ministry of Oil for the audience here, shall we? Okay. Once again we hear the word precision From people who think bombs can be precise We hear the price of fighting terrorism from people who don't have to pay that price we see a cloud where there should be a college we see a reservoir reduced to soil And though they now admit That the marketplace was hit They didn't hit The Ministry of Oil What they call a military target Is sacred to all soldiers Brave and loyal You can bomb a shrine You can bomb a power line But you never bomb The Ministry of Oil Once again, the mayhem they call warfare 
is followed by the melee they call peace. Tearing through the stores and the museums While the U.S. Army plays police How much do you suppose That artwork sold for As their last remaining food Began to spoil The situation's bad But no place in Baghdad Is safer than The Ministry of Oil The medicine has all been confiscated And soon there won't be water Left to boil And one might wonder Who'd think up names Like oil for food When what they mean Is ministry of oil If there's any logic in the universe If the future isn't just absurd If justice is precise instead of infinite If freedom is enjoyed and not endured I'll take my class out someday on a field trip Past the shells of Shell and Uniroyal And as they roam around the musty White House grounds I'll say, kids, this was the Ministry of Oil I'll say, kids, it was a peaceful revolution There weren't any battles to embroil And I'm very glad to tell That not one person fell It's an aspect of our history that every child knows well How we failed to avoid One building being destroyed But at least it was The Ministry of Oil One of the things that was raised for me in the Bible Half Hour, the, this past week here at the Friends General Conference gathering, uh, the leader asked us, who is the person you do not want to accept as your neighbor? The person you don't want to take into that place in your heart. 
certainly some political names came up, as well as people who drive SUVs and all this kind of thing came up amongst the people there. So I'm hesitant sometimes because I think what I need to do is love W and everybody else. That doesn't mean I have to support the sins they do, just love the sinner but not the sin. And you do a lot of political stuff. Are you able to keep your... No, you didn't notice you did any political stuff? Okay, good. Are you able to keep a balance of that? I mean, not actually hating the person and maybe you know, worry peop- about that. You know, people are at many different levels. There are right-wingers I would leave my child with and know that my child would be very safe. You know, people who I may not agree with anything, but I know that my child would be safe with them. And there are, are lefties who I wouldn't. I climbed a mountain on the Chinese border with a guy from Rhodesia who rode with Ian Smith's border police. And they, they were like the Texas Rangers. They were brutal. And one day he realized that was wrong, and he went AWOL. He went to South Africa, went to medical school, and was working in, in what at that time were called colored hospitals in, in uh, Port Elizabeth, I think it was. I want to keep the dialogue open with everyone. You know, I'm not going to force myself on anyone. But again, it gets back to people watch who we are and what we do, and they watch how we live our lives. And that, I think, more than anything, opens up opportunities for communication. And hypocrisy is one of those telltale signs, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, how about Spirit of Justice? Is that a song that would speak of that subject? Well, now, I try to give recognition to as many people who merit recognition in our society. And certainly John Ashcroft is one who merits, I mean, anyone who loses an election to a dead person deserves to be, you know, become attorney general at least, you know. But anyway, yes, the John Ashcroft song is one of my favorites. It begins in uh, Philadelphia in the year 2000 at the Republican National Convention when then-Governor Tom Ridge ordered the Pennsylvania State Police to go and arrest whom? The puppeteers. Come and get your prize. You got a prize. You got a prize for that. (laughs) No. (sighs) Come and get your prize. That's right, the puppeteers. What did she get as a prize? I want to know. I want to know. She got the In a Public Place cassette. Because it has all those P's in it? Public Place? That's right. That's right. Public Place puppeteer. And then the police went back and confiscated all the puppetry material, all the mache, all the chicken wire, everything, and, and destroyed it. Then we move up six months to the coronation when executive order, no puppets were allowed in the streets of Washington, D.C. One week later, John is doing his first press conference in the Hall of Justice in front of something where attorneys generals have been doing press conferences for th- since the 30s. He's doing a press conference? A P word, yes, right. And when he saw his P for picture from the Associated P Press, <laughs> he was greatly chagrined. And what was in that picture? Well, what was that something now? Whose breast? The spirit of justice's breast. And it's right, right here. It's, this is the title song from this one. That's the AP shot right there. So you will see her breast is over John's shoulder. You don't mind. I know you said it first, but... <laughs> the, the the covered one is over his head. The exposed one is over his shoulder. Now, the man could have moved the podium over here. But what did he do? He covered her up. And how much did he spend for that? $8,645 for 
for anyone who pays taxes. That's where the money went. So. That's as good an introduction as it needs. <laughs> Go for it. So this is called The Spirit of Justice for our guy John. The spirit of justice is bust is exposed And Johnny was in distress That bodacious bosom is not how we choose a man Here she was standing after us The lady's a tramp, an aluminum vamp A lewd and lascivious slut To cover her shape he spent eight k's to drape and disappear all of her smut to cover her shape he spent eight k's to drape and disappear all of her smut while he's out buying the yardage the nuclear garbage the warfare is piling up Free speech he reduces, surveillance abuses to fill up this oversized cup. We've a right to bear arms, but we can't bear a breast, especially over his shoulder. The biggest bra in the world for this spirited girl, this 18-foot center folder. The biggest bra in the world for this spirited girl. This 18-foot center folder This hall of justice hooter You can't dispute her Symbol of nurture and strength Of a women's survival Their freedom's revival Perhaps it's a matter of length In his secret prayer meetings Johnny is treating Justice with mockery Oh, he's in a stick Cause she bared her tit Her mental memory Oh, he's in a snit Cause she bared her tit Her mental memory Fear is his ministry Not civil liberty Illegal detentions are in for him to feel masculine, he'll teach our heroine feminine discipline. His searching and seizure, invading our leisure, spying with wiretaps, pathologically lying and racial profiling, keeping justice under wraps. Pathologically lying and racial profiling, keeping justice under wraps. Oh, and puppets are outlawed, only outlaws have puppets Here in the U.S. of A If there's a bulb in the White House, then why not injustice? It's the American way If there's a bulb in the White House, then why not injustice? It's the American way So let's go on to one more song, right. and then we'll get you out of here. You're not leaving yet, though. You've got more stuff to do. We've got a serious yeah, basketball game to go. I also have to pick up my calculator at the Lenda Hand place. You left your calculator. I left my calculator in St. Louis, and Don Rupert brought it up 
and sent me an email that it was up here at Lend a Hand. Okay. So I have to find wherever that is. You were talking earlier about the media and what it does and doesn't cover. And to some degree, I think you're a traveling media source, right? Oh, I just sing songs. <laughs> you do get the news out. You get the message out, and people don't forget a number of things that mainstream press doesn't necessarily even mention. Let's go with it. Um, you'll figure the song out. It's self-explanatory. That was the week reprise. It was originally written by Dan Hart. I put new lyrics to it. Space. One pound can kill the whole human race 
But that was the week of Dodie and I And Henri the driver, DWI Oh, that was the week of the paparazzi chase Thousands on the line for a millionaire face Oh, that was the week for a piece of the pie One shot of cleavage or royal thigh Oh, that was the week That was the week Shell kills the Ogoni, there's blood in its oil Texaco's burning a forest to spoil Bovine growth hormone is milk in the public But that was the week Hugh Grant was lovesick Oh, that was the week of corporate crime Whitewash justice time after time Oh, we put it off with the turn of a dial Cause that was the year of the OJ trial Oh, that was the week That was the year those were That was the week That was the week That was the week You've been listening to a Spirit in Action interview with singer-activist Tom Nielsen before an audience from the Friends General Conference gathering held in River Falls, Wisconsin the first week in July. The performance and interview were hosted courtesy of the River Falls Methodist Church just a few blocks away from the UW-River Falls campus where the gathering of about 1,500 Quakers was held. Tom, however, had to hop in his chariot and head back south for another performance, so we were very fortunate to have him share his music and inspirational activism with us for Spirit in Action. The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice, with every song, we will move this world. Our